This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to the TFA Dino Show. For those of you new to the pod, I'm Robbie Jeffries at NFL Robbie on the Twitters. Welcome to the podcast. I'm ready for this episode. I wanted to record this on Friday, and then I wanted to record it on Saturday. And here we are on Sunday evening. You're probably hearing this on Monday, but the reason I waited is we have so much news coming out still on the topic that I want to bring up today, and that is the NFL coaching landscape, right? We have a lot of different coaching changes, people being fired, people being let go, people being hired, being brought on. People are changing teams, right? There's a lot of mix and mashup going on in the NFL. And so I heard that there was going to be some some news dropping, and it indeed did drop here earlier on Sunday with the latest hire for the Miami Dolphins. And we'll get into that and all the other hires here in a bit. We are hopping through the coaching carousel, giving you guys basically all the thoughts on these coaching movements because there's been a lot, and they affect Dynasty Fantasy Football, right? Who's coaching where? What are their philosophies? Uh, what are their tendencies? What have they done in their previous spots? There's a lot to get through, and we haven't done all of it, right? Uh, there's still a couple of coaches still to be named for the New Orleans Saints, the Houston Texans, and then technically the Vikings as well. Um, they they have a coach. They are not allowed to make it official until after the Super Bowl. Um, but speaking of the Super Bowl, it is one week away. I hope you all have your Super Bowl plans uh, here at the Jeffries household We'll be smoking some pork butt, having some Jeffrey's Super Bowl meatballs, uh, which is a big tradition where we get half beef, half sausage, mix it into uh, meatballs, and then uh, really season it with Lowry's. Let it let it cook, marinate it in half sweet chili sauce, half honey barbecue sauce for about 15 minutes. It's absolutely perfecto. Uh, we've really honed in on this tradition of the meatball. So if you guys need a Super Bowl food, that is a quick tip from Chef Robbie there. Um, And I know you guys are also asking the question, who do I got in the Super Bowl? And I'd love to go with Who Day Nation. I'm a big fan of Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, uh, that wide receiver core that they have there in Cincinnati. Love what they've been doing uh, in these playoffs. But, but, but I think the magic stops here the Rams are just this team that you look at them on paper you look at the vets that they have and a lot of them are still chasing their first ring right and I just feel like they have the 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 veteran leadership and the experience to get this Super Bowl and I don't I don't think it's all that close I'm going to say an eight point win Rams 31 over the Cincinnati fighting McPherson's Uh, I do think Evan McPherson is going to have a day and get a couple more field goals to add to his fantastic rookie season. Um, but yeah, I, I think these, these vets are just going to get their rings. 
Stafford, uh, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, you know, Cooper Cup, OBJ, even my guy Bobby Woods. Yes, he's still going to get a ring. Andrew Whitworth is another one. That'd be a great story with him getting a ring and then riding off into the sunset. So yeah, that is my Super Bowl take. So you have the recipe, you have the Super Bowl take. And, you know, this, this is time to get on to what you all came here for, and that is our NFL coaching changes. And I'm going to jump right in here with one of the first hires. I think it was the first hire, if I remember correctly. Nathaniel Hackett uh, got brought on to be the Broncos head coach, comes over from the Packers where he was the offensive coordinator. And and if we think back to Aaron Rodgers prior to, what was it, 2019, right? We had three seasons, 19, 20, 21, right? So prior to 2019, Aaron Rodgers was kind of in this like middling funk, right? He, he's only throwing 26 touchdowns, I think, in the 2017 and 2018 season uh, piece. And he's not this this Aaron Rodgers that we've remembered um, from the early 2010s, right? The Super Bowl run, you know, he's throwing 40 touchdowns a season. He's kind of in a funk, a little bit of injuries, but also uh, just not not playing his best football. And, and we see Nathaniel Hackett come in in 2019, in those three years that he had with Rodgers, 2019, 2020, and this past season, he had Rodgers put up some phenomenal numbers. It's 111 touchdowns, only 13 interceptions with a 67% completion rate. Now, I'm going to say that again because 111 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, 67% completion, that is just wild efficiency. And that's what kind of makes me excited um, about Nathaniel Hackett going to the Broncos because I, I do think if they are able to land a quarterback, and if that is Rodgers sliding over with Nathaniel Hackett, let's see what Rodgers um, is still to do um, here in his decision uh, this offseason. But I just think there, there could be a lot of success because of how well this team's already built and what they just need at the quarterback position and at the coaching position to, to kind of mesh well with the quarterback, right? Uh, during during Hackett's tenure with the Packers, they go 39-9. and nine. Um, so yeah, just just watch out if Rodgers does follow Hackett to there. I'm not calling that. There, I, I don't have any knowledge if they're super close. It's it's tough to say. And if the Broncos go in a different direction, they bring in a different uh, veteran, or they do go quarterback at the number nine pick that they have in the 2022 draft. Um, I don't know if any quarterbacks deserve to go at nine. That's probably tough to say right at this very moment here in early February. But we know that quarterbacks get pushed up. They get pushed up to class. And so even though this is not the rookie class of 2021 or even 2020, um, I, I do think if they went um, with a quarterback like a Kenny Pickett or somebody there at, at number nine, I think Hackett can get a lot out of him um, or, or of that position uh, because of his, of his success. Um, even with the guys talented as Aaron Rodgers, we saw Nathaniel Hackett raise him back up to, to the Aaron Rodgers we knew of old. So what does that mean for your dynasty assets, your Cortland Sutton's, Jerry Judy's, no offense, is, is I have faith. Let's hold out with them. Let's see where they, uh, you know, they can um, go with an upgrade at quarterback and, on, and an upgrade over the 20 passing touchdowns that we saw in 2021 because that was just not enough uh, to be sustainable options. And that's why we had a lot of disappointed fantasy owners, dynasty owners um, in, in, in those assets I'm still holding out for all three of those names. All right, the next guy is Matt Eberflus. He is the new Bears hire at head coach coming over from the Colts as the defensive coordinator. He and new general manager Ryan Poles, uh, who came in from the Kansas City Chiefs, get Luke Getze to be their offensive coordinator. So Luke Getze, we're just talking about the Packers. Uh, Luke Getze has been Aaron Rodgers' 
quarterbacks coach for the last handful of seasons. So, you know, kind of some of that success, you can, you can give it to Nathaniel Hackett. You probably need to look at Luke Getzey as well um, for what he's been able to do with Aaron Rodgers the last handful of seasons. And, and I know when we talk about a defensive coach, people are always going to be a little nervous when you're marrying a defensive head coach with a young rookie quarterback who is still developing, who still needs work done. And that's what we have in Justin Fields, right? He is still a quarterback that is not uh, complete. We saw a lot of question marks here in his rookie year, a lot of flashes, a lot of exciting stuff, but also a lot of things that need to be figured out, right? So we have uh, a defensive coach at Eberflus. Uh, he uh, has actually had a ton of success coaching guys uh, for my Dallas Cowboys back in the 2010s. You know, Demarcus Ware, Sean Lee, Anthony Spencer, Anthony Hitchens are some guys that come to mind for me. And his run defense has always been uh, ranked really high with the Cowboys during his tenure in Dallas. And so um, that's that's a, a plus side. But what's most telling for me with, with this hire is that if we were to think back to when he got hired in Indy, right, uh, it was by – Josh McDaniels. It wasn't by Frank Reich, right? We, we remember that Josh McDaniels takes the job. He changes his mind. He reneges on his agreement and he goes back to be uh, New England's offensive coordinator. And so Frank, Frank Reich comes in and takes the job. And uh, Reich's never met uh, Eberflus. He's, he doesn't know him. He doesn't owe him anything. And he, he has every right to bring in his own defensive guy, his own trusted guy to be his right hand man on the defensive side of the ball. But, you know, what does he do? He meets Eberflus, uh, sits down, chats with him, talks to ownership, who also got to, to meet with Eberflus when he was hired by Josh McDaniels, and they end up keeping him on. And how does that work? Well, the, the Colts defense that was ranked 30th in yards and points allowed in 2017, well, they go to top 10 in both of those categories here in 2018, that very next year. So in just one year's time, he basically takes a defense from the back of the um, NFL in terms of um, points allowed in yards into a top 10 defense. So this guy just just really oozes success wherever he's gone. And, and he's been in some tough situations, but I kind of view him like a Sean McDermott with a young Josh Allen. You know, I think he's a guy that can get the most out of a young quarterback because he instills confidence. He can instill a culture of organization and, and of trust. And I think he lets Luke Getze handle the rest on the offensive side of the football, right? A quarterback guy, been a quarterback's coach, you know, understands the position. So we're really just focused on getting that quarterback position in Justin Fields uh, to reach his potential, right? So, uh, you know, if Rodgers goes to a different team in 2022, he's wearing a different uniform, I think that the Bears can absolutely be uh, the, a favorite to win the NFC North. And I know, you know, Vikings fans and Lions fans and, and even Packer fans with Jordan Love, uh, kind of the next in line at the quarterback position, they're, they're not loving hearing that. But uh, this team, with a lot of the pieces that they have, if they get their coaching right, I absolutely think they're a playoff team, and I think they are going to be the favorites in the NFC North if Rodgers is outside the division in 2022. So, you know, I, I think you should look to acquire fields for anybody who has has worried, they're, 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 they're nervous about a defensive head coach coming in. I think you take advantage of that nervousness, and, and you guys go out and try and find if you can get fields, if you can get Darnell Mooney, um, if you can get David Montgomery. I'm actually excited about this offense um, with these coaching hires. You know, speaking of uh, Josh McDaniels, you know, he's actually taking a real bite out of the apple this time. No fake out here. Um, he's actually going to Las Vegas to team up with Dave Ziegler, who was hired as the GM. And we do remember that Josh McDaniels was a head coach back in 2009 and 2010 with the Denver Broncos. 
it was a really random year, that 2010 year, where Brandon Lloyd was the NFL's best wide receiver. Yeah, that's a that's a throwback name, one-hit wonder kind of wide receiver. Breaks out at age 29, 1,400 yards, 11 touchdowns. We saw our first glimpse of Tebow that that year. And, uh, you know, what an exciting year 2010 was, except it was also the year that Josh McDaniels got fired. Why? It wasn't exactly because of the offense. His defense, McDaniels' defense, was worse in the league. The, the offense actually did okay. And I think McDaniels is a really good offensive mind. And so, you know, I think this is a good marriage with Derek Carr, who is a very capable quarterback for the the Raiders right now. I don't know if McDaniels turns Carr into a top 10, top 12 fantasy quarterback. And with Derek Carr being on the last year of his deal, I wonder if McDaniels wants to pick his guy in the 2023 draft. So if we fast forward, you know, a full year from now, we've seen a full year of these two guys. They let Carr walk to a different team. I can definitely see McDaniels wanting to bring his own guy in, um, depending on the different personnel um, that they have around them uh, once he fills out the rest of his staff. But I definitely see some change in the future for the Las Vegas Raiders. But I am intrigued with McDaniels' success because even though he was fired as a short you know, year and a half NFL coaching uh, rookie season for him or a rookie go-around, if you will, I, I do think he's going to be wiser uh, the second time around, and he definitely has the offensive mind to make uh, good players and, and good fantasy assets for your team. Next up is the Giants head coaching hire in Brian Dable. He comes over, uh, same state, right, uh, from upstate New York, and he where he was the Bills offensive coordinator, and they also bring in Mike Kafka, uh, which is kind of a name I remember. You know, you, you've been in uh, following the NFL long enough, you start to recognize some of these names of failed quarterbacks that didn't quite make it at the NFL level, Mike Kafka being one of them. Um, but, you know, a, a really decent uh, quarterbacks coach there with Patrick Mahomes, uh, was Patrick Mahomes' quarterback coach since 2018. He becomes the Giants' offensive coordinator. So um, I think it's, that's kind of a good tandem, right, if Brian Dable and Mike Kafka, two people who have been huge in developments of players like Josh Allen for Dable, Patrick Mahomes for Kafka, if they can't fix Daniel Jones, if they can't work with him and get him to reach his most potential, I think it's 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 over, right? It's going to be done for Daniel Jones. They're going to be picking their own quarterback here in 2023. But I do think this is the last year for Daniel Jones. He kind of got a wash year because of injury in 2021. This is a we need to see it from Daniel Jones, and we also need to see it from Saquon. I think that's another big name that we need to talk about because Saquon has not been himself really since his rookie year, a couple of injuries, you know, just, just doesn't seem to have that same explosiveness. And I do think that he can get there. And I imagine with a, a Brian Dable offense, a Mike Kafka offense, there's going to be a lot of RPO with a quarterback who can run in Daniel Jones and, and Barkley, who's obviously before pre-injuries, one of the best running backs in the league. I think we see a lot more RPO and I think that helps both of these players I'm going to be tentatively in on Daniel Jones, but we have to know that he's at the end of his rope if he fails as a quarterback in 2022. So I'm not sinking in a lot of dynasty value to get him. I'd say a, a 2022 rookie pick, probably a second round pick mid to late is what I would be willing to move for Daniel Jones. And this is in super flex leagues. Just want to preface that always talk in super flex leagues. If we're talking quarterbacks, but Daniel Jones is a guy that I, I tend to be on there as my maybe my QB3 or a low-end QB2. I think there is some possible upside with two good minds like Dable and Kafka. Um, and then Saquon Barkley, again, not old yet, still I think 25 years old. But we need to see something out of him because we've had um, some injuries and we've had some mediocre play from Barkley over the last couple of years.
All right, next one up is the one that I mentioned at the top of the show. It is not official, but all signs are pointing to the Vikings hiring Kevin O'Connell, the Rams offensive coordinator, as their next head coach. Uh, they already hired their GM, Kwesi Odofu Mensah. Uh, he was previously with the Browns as the VP of football operations, and I'm really intrigued by this Kevin O'Connell hire. Uh, I'm intrigued. It's a guy that honestly doesn't have a ton of success outside of 2021 if we look at his resume right? He has a Stafford-led Rams offense in 2021 and does fantastic, right? They're in the Super Bowl. He's, he's doing everything that you can do as an offense coordinator. They have a fantastic rushing game, even without Cam Akers. You know, Sony and Daryl Henderson have been performing above expectations, I would say. Obviously, a fantastic passing game with Stafford, OBJ, Cooper Cup, uh, winning the Triple Crown as a wide receiver. He's gotten the most out of this offense that he can uh, have possibly dreamed of. Before that, though, he was the OC for the Redskins. That was before Ron Revere came in and cleaned house. Um, before that, he was the quarterback's coach, and he's been at a couple of stops, so we know he has that quarterback background coaching um, and, and then uh, obviously being the offensive coordinator here for the 2021 Rams and the 2020 Rams. But, you know, if I look at the 2020 Rams, that's kind of where I'm having some question marks. I know Jared Goff. Um, you know, isn't the greatest quarterback on, on earth and what they're able to do with him in what was that 2018 when they go to a Super Bowl was, you know, just some magic. But I think he meshed well with Kirk Cousins, who, who they're, they're both smart guys. Right. From everything I've read about Kevin O'Connell, he's, he's, a, he's an intelligent coach, you know, maybe not the most experienced, but definitely has the X's and O's down. And, and that's something that Kirk Cousins does really well. You know, not the most, most athletic, super accurate, super smart and not going to make a ton of mistakes. And, and I think that marriage uh, will be a good marriage, but I don't know how long-term it's going to be, right? We look at a lot of these coaches that I've talked about with, you know, Josh Daniels, the Raiders, and Brian Dable with the Giants, and now Kevin O'Connell with the Vikings. They're all kind of adopting this quarterback that was picked by a different regime. You know, it's a quarterback that's maybe not elite, but had some success, and it's just been, they've been trying to figure out what the next is this the quarterback of the future or do we need to find our quarterback of the future? And I think that's the, probably the same question with Kirk Cousins. I bet this is his last year as a Viking. And so I'm not, I'm not really trying to dive too far into this with analysis because this team's going to look different with a different quarterback. But I do think for 2022, they're probably going to pick her up right back where they left off of in 2021 Justin Jefferson, obviously a top wide receiver, the wide receiver too, whoever that is, if that's Adam Thielen coming back, you know, from his injury, if that's Irv Smith picking up where Tyler Conklin left off, you know, I do think there's room in this offense for a number two pass catcher. And then obviously Dalvin Cooks could be just fine uh, getting his workload week in and week out. So I'm not adjusting any of my Vikings assets up or down a ton just going to ride this out for 2022 and see where the future lies with that quarterback change potentially on the horizon. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, one of the coaching hires that dropped on Friday night and the reason that this pod was postponed for a bit was Doug Peterson being hired by the Jaguars. You know, we remember Doug Peterson only a year ago, a year removed from coaching the Eagles, where it leads them to a 2018 Super Bowl, which was super impressive, right? Because they are not going to the Super Bowl with their starting quarterback. We remember that year is Carson Wentz has a fantastic year. He gets hurt late in the season. He is not able to get it back. And so Nick Foles ends up leading the, the Eagles through the Super or through the playoffs into the Super Bowl and into, uh, ultimately ends up winning a Super Bowl that year. Uh, what a shootout with Tom Brady. And he ends up getting his first Super Bowl, Doug Peterson in the first Super Bowl for those Philadelphia Eagles. And so I'm I'm again, I'm intrigued with this hire because he has had success with not great quarterback play. I think while we prop him up for the Nick Foles uh, run that he made and what he was able to get out of Carson Wentz early in his career, we also need to probably look at what happened with Carson Wentz at the latter end of his career in Philadelphia when he was the worst quarterback or one of the worst quarterbacks in the league in 2020. I mean, probably some of that needs to be put at the feet of Doug Peterson, but um, I'm going to look at Trevor Lawrence and say he is a much more talented person at the quarterback position than Carson Wentz. And I think that if we have Doug Peterson and then most likely a press Taylor or another person that Peterson's worked with coming in as that offensive coordinator. You know, I think there could be a lot of success for this offense, even though they have a lot of pieces that they, that they still need. So uh, press Taylor is a name to monitor as possibly being named the offensive coordinator. Um, I'm sure they're going to have a couple more interviews coming up after this episode is released, but I, I want to see some offensive people drafted in this draft class, notably wide receiver, notably some offensive line help for Trevor Lawrence. And I think that will go a long way with this Doug Peterson hire. This is stock up for Trevor Lawrence. Probably uh, as we say that for the passing uh, situation, we need to talk about the running situation as well, because Doug Peterson has not been known to be a workhorse back type of coach, right? We think of the Miles Sanders frustrations that a lot of dynasty owners have had over the years. And it's a lot of that was Doug Peterson not giving him the full workload. Doug Peterson is a guy that likes to have a running back by committee. And if we remember, Travis Etienne goes out early in training camp, and now he's coming off his injury. We still have James Robinson, the undrafted free agent that's been just dominating expectations. I think this could be a good tandem for him, but we are not looking at a guy that's probably going to be the absolute bell cow, probably a split backfield in terms of touches there in Jacksonville. All right, getting to the most recent hire that we've heard comes out here just a couple hours ago, Mike McDaniel. He and Kellen Moore were the two finalists for the Miami job. And, you know, if we look on one hand for Mike McDaniel, he's moved up really fast in this league, like super fast. He's had never been an offensive coordinator before this 2021 season. He's just 38 years old. He basically was the his claim to fame as being the run coordinator for San Francisco since Kyle Shanahan got here to San Francisco. And before that, he was a wide receiver coach at a couple of spots that, that were unimpressive. But that, so on this one hand, we have a resume that leaves a lot to be desired. 
On the other hand, he unlocked Debo Samuel, right? That's a huge feather in his cap with the season that Debo Samuel was able to have. And on top of that, if we look at the running game in San Francisco during his tenure as run game coordinator, 2021, he was offense coordinator. They were seventh in yards, fifth in attempts. 2020, they were kind of middle of the pack, 15th in yards, 14th in attempts. 2019, that the year that they had a lot of success, go to the Super Bowl. Uh, they were second in yards, second in, in attempts. And then 2018, they were 11th in yards, 13th in attempts. So, you know, McDaniel is, is normally overseeing at least the run game coordinator side or eventually being the offense coordinator. And they are top third in the league with a couple of years being top five in the league in terms of rushing attempts and rushing production, right? So we know at least from this limited sample size that we have of Mike McDaniel, that he is a guy that likes to run the football. And if we look at who he's had over the last handful of years as his kind of main running back, I know there's been a ton of injuries and that's going to lead to why we have some of these names, but 2021, Eli Mitchell, 2020, Jeff Wilson, 2019, Raheem Mostert, 2018, Matt Breida. Like there is just different guys stepping up each year. And Mike McDaniel is, is having to do, a run game coordinator with a third string, sometimes four string running back, and they all found success, right? All these guys had fantasy success being the running back in that in that scheme. So, you know, a lot of people have said Kyle Shanahan, you know, he is this guru, that, that this offensive guru, and I definitely can agree with that. I can attest to the success that Kyle Shanahan has, has had since coming to San Francisco. Part of that running game success though is probably this guy right here in Mike McDaniel the, the secret sauce behind this uh, this rushing game for the 49ers probably has a lot to do with Mike McDaniel so I have no idea who um, might be starting for the 49ers uh, week in week out because of all the injuries they've always had but you know and you're pretty damn sure that they're going to go for 80 yards and a touchdown it just seems like every single week they're finding somebody to do that over the past four or five years so I, I think the bottom line as we shift the focus to Miami right look at their offense Running game, we, we need to find a name. I don't think it's Miles Gaskin in 2022. I, I think it's somebody else, either a free agent or a rookie. But I am excited about who that person could be. I honestly think that that person could be one of the quote-unquote sleepers, unless they obviously get first-round talent or something like that or a big free agent signing name, then then they're not going to be a sleeper. But if it's a third-round rookie pick, if it's a one of these lower level starters at a different spot that comes in and tries to uh, take over the job from Miles Gaskin. I'm going to be really into who they bring in at the running back position there in Miami. Uh, if we look at the quarterback position with Tua, this is where I kind of get nervous. Mike McDaniels does not have a ton of experience coaching the quarterback position from what we've seen. Um, we don't know who his offensive coordinator is going to be. Maybe he makes that a, a very important resume builder with his offensive coordinator. He, they have to have quarterback coaching experience to be his offensive coordinator. I think that'd be a great move for him. So let's hold judgment on that till we hear who his offensive coordinator is. But right now, how I look at things as we sit here on the 6th of February, I'm nervous about Tua. And this is a two, this is coming from a Tua guy, very big Tua fan. Uh, I've liked his development. It hasn't been as fast as his counterparts and Herbert and Burrow. So everyone's pissed at Tua because he hasn't gotten it as quickly as these other guys. But he's going to need to continue to develop. And to do that, he's going to need a coach with quarterback uh, experience and not just a couple of years. I, I, I want someone who has had multiple years coaching this position and knows the ins and outs. And so that's going to be very important for me to get back on the two bandwagon is who McDaniel brings in his OC to coach Tua. So I talked about the Saints at the top, not having filled their position. We know that Sean Payton is gone. 
I do want to talk on this just a little bit, even though we don't know who the coach is going to be. But, you know, I'm kind of nervous about this offense and Alvin Kamara in general. Losing Breeze was a big loss, and I think it showed here in 2021. You know, they were middle of the pack in the rushing game, middle of the pack in scoring and dead last in passing. As an offense, they just they just struggled, right? And a lot of that had to do with, with losing Drew Brees and what he brought week in, week out. But now losing Sean Payton on top of losing Brees, I think that basically shifts the New Orleans Saints to complete rebuild mode. And I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Kamara is a post-June 1 trade. Uh, and if he's not, if he's maybe a trade asset after the 2022 season, because this team is $75 million in the hole. They need to make moves. This is probably moving on from Michael Thomas. This is moving on from some of those defensive stalwarts that have been there uh, for a while. They, they are going to have to find money somewhere. And if that comes at, at the running back position, because they can move on from Alvin Kamara, who turns 26 or is already 26, one or the other, they, they I don't think they hesitate to do it. If they keep him, again, very nervous for him. He had his worst efficiency season in 2021. Now we have a new coach coming in. I'm just very nervous about this Saints offense. I'd be looking to move him. I do talk about selling Alvin Kamara. Uh, YouTube video, The Fantasy Authority is our YouTube page. Check out. He's one of my dynasty sells. I tell you what I'd, what I'd move him for, what I'm looking for to get in return for him. So that kind of goes along with this topic of their coaching change. They did interview uh, Eric Bieniemy this weekend. Um, I, I bet they look at Byron Leftwich, who did not. Um, work out in, in Jacksonville after it sounded like he might be the coach in Jacksonville. So I think there's a couple of hires that they might make, but we will see on who they bring in ultimately as their head coach. You know, another offensive coordinator that uh, ha- has left town is Anthony Lynn. You know, he didn't seem uh, to really mesh well with Dan Campbell and uh, the system that they had there in Detroit. And he's most likely going to be replaced by Ben Johnson, who was uh, coaching tight ends and then kind of took over as a de facto passing game coordinator once play call duties were taken away from Anthony Lynn. Um, so, you know, I think that, that's that's solid, at least looking at Detroit's side with Ben Johnson. You know, their their passing game did find more success in the second half of the season, even after losing, you know, some of their, their key players in Hawkinson, in DeAndre Swift. We saw Tim Boyle have to play a couple of games as quarterback, and they were still able to have some success. Um, their big thing is just getting talent in that building talent at the wide receiver position for sure. They have a CFL level of wide receivers currently. Um, They need to fix that. So if they get more talent in there, I think that it's going to make the coaching job a lot easier. So let's, let's hold off until we hear what they do in the draft and what they do in free agency. Uh, Anthony Lynn actually slides in and kind of takes over. um, Not exactly Mike McDaniel's role with the 49ers, but he's going to be an offensive assistant to Kyle Shanahan. And we know Anthony Lynn's fingerprints are all over the run game, right? He he was a run. I don't want to say run first because nobody really is a run first in the NFL unless you're the Ravens, but he was a run heavier uh, type of um, coach when he was with the Chargers. I think we saw that even with the bad Lions team, when he was coaching the East, they still tried to run it more, even though they, they were, behind most of the games that they played in. So Anthony Lynn now goes to the 49ers, and I think that's stock up for Eli Mitchell. I'm really getting intrigued with Eli Mitchell because I think Raheem Mostert's gone as a free agent. This team obviously showed us what they thought about Trey Sermon, made him inactive for half the games, didn't really give him any work until he got hurt, and you know then he, then he missed the rest of the year. But I think this is going to be Eli Mitchell's team, and with how often Anthony, Anthony Lynn has run the ball in his uh, past and then how the 49ers have operated under Kyle Shanahan, man, Eli Mitchell 
could see a lot of work in 2022. So kind of excited about that. Also have to talk about Ben McAdoo. He gets hired as the Panthers offensive coordinator. Um, you know, I'm not going to dive too deep into him. I need to know who the quarterback is. You know, is it Cam Newton? Is it Sam Darnold? Is it Deshaun Watson? A lot of rumors linking him to Carolina. Need to find out who that quarterback is. But we know Ben McAdoo is a name, former head coach of the Giants. Bounced around a little bit after being fired as the head coach after only a, a year, if I remember correctly. Um, so, yeah, let's let's hold off decisions there. And then Adam Stenovich, he was promoted to the Packers OC after, after Nathaniel Hackett moves on. And, again, who's the quarterback? That's going to be the key thing for me. Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love, probably going to be one of those two names. I think that's what's really going to tell me more than what this coach will do for the player. Um, if it is Jordan Love, I'm probably holding out with a lot of nervousness. Not sure what we're, we're going to see from Jordan Love and not sure what we get. But we do know that the offensive system is going to stay the same most likely, right? If we're an internal hire, probably not changing up a, a ton, um, which does help younger quarterbacks. So look to see what happens there in Green Bay with the quarterback position. And then finally, we have the Houston job that's still open, right? Josh McCowan, Jonathan Gannon, and Brian Flores are kind of the, those top candidates and we all know about the Brian Flores lawsuits. I'm not going to get into the lawsuit too deeply. Uh, that's not what this podcast is for. This is a dynasty fantasy football podcast. But I will say that, you know, fair or not, I, I think Brian Flores knew this probably when he put this lawsuit out and made it public that he knew he probably wasn't going to get this job because I don't think NFL teams are going to bring him on <clears throat> with what's currently going on as, as he sues the NFL and, and a couple of their organizations, their specific teams with their hiring practices. So with that in mind, I do think that he was a really, really good coach for Miami. Um, I think he would be great for Houston. I do not think Houston goes in that direction, though. But I don't think they hire Josh McCown either because his only experience of being a coach is being a high school assistant, right? He does not have any resume. We talked about how short you know some of these other coaches' resumes are. Josh McCown is shorter than any of them. So I do think they're going to hire Jonathan Gannon, who is the defensive coordinator from Philly. You know, I'm not going to speculate how a defensive coach who hasn't even been hired, who doesn't even have an offensive coordinator, could affect Houston's weapons, especially when they're still trying to figure out you know, their quarterback situation. Probably not going to be Watson Wright. Is it going to be Davis Mills? You know, they're they're trying to figure out what they're doing on the offensive uh, offensive side of the football, and they need a lot of talent help as well. So let's let some of those cards settle. Uh, we'll touch base and give you some thoughts once that crystal ball is a little bit more clear. Uh, but that is it for your coaching carousel as we know it here on the sixth of February. I've got another Dino show coming your way later this week. Tom's going to be back. Really excited to get back with him. It's been a hot minute, but we have updated all of our rankings quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, and we're going to hit them position by position to let you guys know who we have where and how that is going to affect your startups, affect your trading. Um, how's that going to affect just how we value guys here after what they did in 2021 as we sit in 2022 offseason? We know that offseason value is different from in-season value, right? The veterans get pushed down, rookies get pushed up, young guys get pushed up, and then as the season starts to get closer, those vets start to rise again as we see that these rookie landing spots are not as glorious as we once thought because of situation and people and you know all that. So I'm looking forward to that conversation, looking forward to getting back in the saddle with Tom. 
So I appreciate you all tuning in. Subscribe to this podcast. You can get all of our redraft, Dynasty, DFS, Devi content, literally all of the fantasy football content. You name it, we've got it. So until next time, see ya. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.